Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We got Jake Marmelstein with me here tonight. Jake, I appreciate your time. And he is with Ground. And I'm going to send everybody to that website because uh, I'm going to use that as kind of some of our talking points here tonight as we work through what Jake and his team have developed here. But in the end, Jake's platform can is, is essentially a CRM, but in a specialized way. So Jake, could you give us kind of the elevator pitch here? What is What was your... How did you envision Groundbreaker to become? Hey, Jack, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here and, uh, and to chat with everybody who's listening in. So my journey in real estate investment started at a REIT where I was underwriting distressed hotels. And I found myself doing a lot of the work to create the PowerPoints and send them to investors and record investment contributions in Excel. And um, there was just, you know, a lot of copy and paste data entry required in that job. And I wanted to figure out a way to streamline it, automate it. So that's why I created Groundbreaker. The Groundbreaker software is designed for people who invest in real estate and typically have other stakeholders that are providing them capital, either debt or equity to fund their deals. Uh, They can just share the deal on a web format. Investors can log in they can download all the information they need and they can click buttons to be able to sign documents and fund their investment. And uh, it's led to a lot of people being able to fund deals faster, save a ton of time that they would otherwise spend in administrative back office work. And uh, it creates a place where the investors can go back to when you have more deals. So it's, uh, it's been a really successful venture so far. And that's the way I see the whole real estate investment space is really going online and off of people sending checks in the mail anymore. Right. So let's, let's talk about that, that what you just said there, you know, the, the investor, let's say I'm the one who's, who's developing a syndication. Um, So I have this platform when I'm bringing on somebody to invest in my syndication, would they also have a login to your platform to see certain aspects of their investment or, or how does that look? Yeah. So the way that it works is that, a sponsor comes to us to use our software. They'll get their own subscription so they can hook it up to their website and have it be on their own domain and their own branding and logo and colors and everything else like that. And then when they share it with their investor, the investor has unique link that they go to under that company where they can log in with their account information and be able to see the deals just from that sponsor so that they can see their portfolio, see new deals they want to invest in, and be able to manage their account. So the investor always has access to it, and it's just with that sponsor that's buying Groundbreaker from us. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, when, when, any kind of, when it comes to syndication, there's a lot of paperwork involved, and you talked about the presentation and the material associated with it. But one of the aspects that I understand is that, you know, you're talking about a couple different syndication methods, but a big aspect of it it is understanding 
that you have to kind of verify that they they're making a certain amount of money. They might have a, have requirements regarding their net worth, or they might have to be, they have to have some sort of relationship, a pre-existing relationship with the syndicator. Does your platform provide a, a way in which to track all that so that uh, we make the government officials happy? Yeah, that's uh, that's a very important thing these days to make sure that you're SEC compliant. And Groundbreaker does have a way of tracking your your conversation through email integration through the CRM. You can you know tag your investors and keep yourself organized with who you've spoken with and who you've verified to have an accredited status or you have a pre-existing relationship with to be able to share information and add them to your deal. And then when you do add people into your deal who are either accredited or they're sophisticated investors or they're non-accredited investors, you can see how many of those people are on your prospect list, which makes it easy if you're doing a 506B deal you have up to 35 investors in a 506B deal who can be non-accredited investors, and then the rest can be accredited. So you can track through that. Or if you're doing a 506C deal, then you can collect the paperwork from those investors to make sure that they are third-party verified as well. Okay, great. And then on your end, when you do need to run any kind of reports, that's easy, easily done as well. Yeah, Um what kind of like reports? Well, I'm just thinking that when when you do have to provide that verification, I'm sure that there's paperwork that you actually have to print and provide. Uh, um, hopefully, none of none of the people that are doing this ever get audited. Otherwise, you would you would definitely have to do that. But uh, the way it works in Groundbreaker, there's a for the third party verification, everything passes through uh, an e-signature software that we have embedded into the tool. So when anything gets executed, it automatically gets uploaded into the investor's document section and also a copy gets sent to the sponsor too. So it's all, it's all tracked, it's all shared in the database and everything is, uh, is retrievable if you ever needed it. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned early on is regarding the, the sales material, if you will, some of the, the information that you would hand over to potential investor. Talk a little bit about how that is, is created and what a person could expect there. You're going to have to create your own subscription documents and PPM and your marketing materials that you're going to share on your deal with your investor. Sponsors that use Groundbreaker have a number of different ways that they approach this problem. Uh, they can use some designer, graphic designer, to be able to create their materials for them outside of our system and then attach it as a PDF into their data room. Or they can just use Groundbreaker and you know take the images of the property that they're getting uh, from their site visits or professionally done to be able to put that into the data room along with any of the due diligence information they might have in each section so that they create web page that has all the information on the deal. So they don't really need to mess with any formatting. They just need to add the highlights and be able to share the relevant information with the investor so that they know that the deal has, it's, you know, in a good market, it's a good property, it's a good investment opportunity, and they can check all their boxes of due diligence and then have the conversation actually with the sponsor about some of the finer details. But we all often see that a sponsor will do a webinar as well 
with their investors. So they'll get, they'll either do a webinar with their investors or they'll have the sponsor team get together and then they'll sit down and do a webinar and they'll walk through the presentation of the deal and go over that, that PDF or they'll go through the groundbreaker data room and they'll record it. And then they'll post that video and embed it into the data room. So if investors aren't able to see that on email or they can't attend the live webinar, they can always get it in that data room. So, you know, it's kind of interesting because I've seen, uh, any kind of syndication documentations like you were talking about, they're all over the place. Everything from some people trying to self-make stuff on a Word document to stuff that is really kind of glossy and looks like it's professionally done. You, When you were building this platform and then with your experience, you've probably seen anything and everything. What, what did you notice regarding to information that is typically missed in those presentations? People sometimes can be lazy in filling out the information that they have in their data room. They need to cover, you know, they need to cover the basics of why the market is a good market to invest in, information about the property. But a lot of the sponsors who are frequently doing deals are covering all of that information in their presentations. And the most successful ones are really making it easy to be able to get access to that information in a way that is highly scalable. So it doesn't, it, it automates and streamlines many of the back and forth questions that they're getting. Maybe the thing that is missed most often, and I think this is more on des- by design, we don't see them talking a lot about the return, you know, the project, the projected versus actuals mm. of deals that have gone full cycle in their portfolio and their track record. No, no investor wants to be able to see that you missed your projections by a certain amount because that happens. <laughs> but in some cases where you've exceeded them, I think they should talk about that too. There's not a lot of financial education in the market that are given to investors, depending on the type of investor, about the types of return structures and why those return structures exist. And I think a lot of investors can get end up getting too confused about those things, and so sponsors intentionally leave it out. Oh, okay. So, you know, another thing that I've heard is that there's kind of a problem, at, or I shouldn't say technically a problem, but it can be a little uh, troublesome when it comes to the distributions. How does your platform help with that? So we make it really easy. Actually, this is the one of the best parts about Groundbreaker is uh, we we track all the investors in the deal. So you have your whole capitalization table stored. You know what in each investor owns, uh, when they invested, and so our system is able to know based on that ownership how much each investor would receive out of a distribution. So when you're doing your distributions, you'll see in your model how much capital you're supposed to distribute to be able to hit your IRR hurdle or your preferred return, however you end up doing it. And you put that number as a whole number into Groundbreaker. Our system calculates and splits it for every investor. So then you're looking at a table with each each check for every investor that's already calculated out. And you can just click a button to process the payment and if you sign up your investors uh, through ACH, all they have to do is enter their banking information, or if you have it on file, you can put it into the system. 
and the system will process the payments and money will just show up in their account. And another added benefit of that is, is that um, they don't have to wonder where the payment came from. You can code it in the description in Groundbreaker so that when it goes into the bank statement, it can read the name of the entity, the name of the deal. So they know that it came from you and they can also track it in their portal. So is it really, it, it saves hours of time and it, it looks really professional um, and it doesn't cost anything either. It's totally free. So I'm, I would guess then that there is some sort of integration or plan on how to get this into your bookkeeping software. We, if you do ACH distribution and each payment is getting pulled out of the bank account, your bookkeeping software should sync with your bank account. Okay. So that's where people would typically rely on that, sure. But you can also export it um, out of Groundbreaker as well into a CSV and then do batch journal entries into your accounting software. Okay, sure. So, you know, based on the the way this platform looks like it's been developed, and do you mind me asking how long have you have has this uh, application been around now? So it's uh, we started developing it in around uh, 2018, and it's been live and out there for about two and a half years. And in that time, it, it based on your accol- accolades on the uh, website, I mean, you got. Credit and Fortune both giving you accolades on here. You got to tell me about your sleepless nights working through this. Well, initially when we launched the platform, there were a lot of bugs on it. We didn't have the the accolades that you see there, but it eventually came after we started to work through the bugs, listen to our customers, and continue to iterate on making the software easier to use and better. And we just, you know, we, we got... We got some great endorsements from folks like Joe Fairlit, Jake and Gino. We've had customers who've tripled and quadrupled their business on top of Groundbreaker, meaning like they grew from 30 million capital. They were already, you know, they had a nice head start to 200, 300 million in, in equity. There's been groups that started their first ever syndication on Groundbreaker that are now doing you know, their, 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 their sixth or seventh syndication. And it, it just takes a lot of listening to the clients and knowing what, what's working, uh, what, what do they want more of. Uh, it's not, there's no, there's no clear path. So how did, you, how did you fund this or how did you get, I mean, this had to have been a pretty significant bootstrapping event. Yeah, we did bootstrap it at first um, before when we got about 20 or so customers paying. And then uh, we ended up finding a family office in the Chicago area to fund the investment to accelerate the development. So it, it, it definitely took outside capital to get us further along. Um, sure. Yeah. So did you use your own platform to get to, to raise that? No, they, they just came in with one big check. Uh, but we did end up using the platform and raising and have raised capital through it for the company from some of our customers who are now investors in Groundbreaker. Oh, that's neat. So just a reminder, everybody, head over to groundbreaker.co so you can learn what uh, Jake is talking about here. So uh, before we hit record, I was asking if you and your team, uh, what other type of support do you provide when it comes to you mentioned people starting a syndication. The syndication for the first time, there's just so much to figure out. 
you've got to figure out your legal, you've got to have a great team, you know, you need your marketing materials, you need to meet investors, uh, you have to figure out accounting. There's also the property management aspect and insurance, and there's figuring out the debt. How do you structure your deal? So there's a lot of questions we would have answers to and resources we can point you to. Uh, we have legal partners that help you to get your entity formed, get your subdocs done or your fund uh, started. We have partners on the accounting side that'll do your taxes, your bookkeeping. They'll do your K-1s for your investors. And then we have a team in-house that does manage services for our clients if they need someone to provide added help to increase their bandwidth if you're doing a lot of deals and you just can't keep up with the investor relations activities on the system, we'll actually start uh, calling your investors and working with you in that more intimate level to help you drive results in your business and use the software. So um, you don't have to do that, but we can't, you know, we, we, we don't, I guess we're, we're getting into helping our customers also figure out how to raise capital it's that's a little bit more tricky. Um, we do have partners that can source the debt uh, for our clients as well. But when we get into equity, um, it's a little bit more tricky to do that. And everyone will tell you equity is finicky. So, well, you got to expand on that a little bit. How do you mean? Why equity is finicky? I got to put you on the spot a little bit. We have a bunch of family office investors uh, that we like to pitch deals to, but some of them are just at this point in the market saying we don't want to, you know, we don't want to meet any more sponsors that we don't know. And if it's not a $25 million equity investment, we're not interested. It's not worth our time. What kind of invest you just have to talk to a certain type of investor. Maybe there's just so many different investors and based on their subjective opinion, your deal might be great. Others might think it's a waste of their time. Yeah. So we, we, we have the relationships on the institutional side. Uh, it's a lot harder to find LP equity or people who are going to come up with your soft cost for your deal, or they're going to be the, the, the earliest money into your deal um, mm-hmm. to, to get, you know, to get that deal under contract or, or, or even help you with, with the LP equity that you need once you put it under contract and your money's going hard and you need to actually fund this deal and acquire it. Uh, but we are looking into ways that we can find, you know, other people, maybe GPs in the Groundbreaker Network, they can come in and help someone else who has a little bit less experience and less of a network to raise capital, be able to take that deal down. So, frankly, you know, syndication seems to be kind of an aspirational thing, you know, along with multifamily investing of everybody, more times than not, seems to start with single family and then they progress upwards. In your experience now and dealing with as many people as you have, do you think that's the right mindset or do you think somebody should even consider jumping headfirst into syndication? I like the, um, I like the, the road of taking, going into single family and getting the experience because there's a lot of things you have to do with real estate investing and single family investing that teach you about the business and they teach you about yourself and what you like to do and don't like to do. But if you already know that and you just want to build a really big, successful real estate investment business, then you're definitely accelerating your your path by going into multifamily. And that's just, you don't need to talk to me to know that. So many people have said that before me. But uh, I think that the more conservative route and slower pace is, is more my style. 
uh, you have to ask yourself, what do you, you know, what, what's your appetite? But at the end of the day, syndication is about, and, and real estate investing is about relationships and it's about the courage. Do you have the courage to, to, to do it and to jump off that ledge? Cause it does put you in a place where you're having to learn new things and um, you're risking, you know, something significant to be able to do a syndication personally and professionally to the investors you're, you're, you're working with and your own credibility. What made you decide to take that jump, dumping, jumping into this entrepreneurial road regarding Groundbreaker? Are you going to put me on the spot, are you? It uh, almost sounded a little too close there, the way you answered that last question. Like there must be, <laughs> there must be something that, you know, and, and to help you along a little bit, maybe it's that, that you know, more, more times than not, it seems like people will respond out of fear versus heading f- head first into something that could lead to a better life or pleasure. Unless we can define that why to such a strong point that it drives you forward. I don't know if that was the case for you or, or what made you decide to, what, what was your why? Yeah. You know, I, I just had a lot of, uh, a lot of great experiences that pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And I kind of believed in that and inherently that going outside of my comfort zone to, you know, to live in other countries, learn new languages, go to go to a place, you know, that was far from home and take a new job that I didn't know anything about. Those things in my early development, my early career really helped me to learn about myself and know what I liked and didn't like. And I just like the the challenge that came with doing it. So there was a lot I had to learn though. Um, there were a lot of tough lessons in getting into tech and getting into entrepreneurship that I really wasn't prepared for. But I'm pretty happy that I went through it because there's so many folks that don't go into it and they're, they're afraid of doing it. They wait a really long time to do it. Maybe they never do it. Or maybe, you know, yeah, that they, they get to a point in their life where it, it might be too risky. So now that I did it, I built that foundation. Uh, I feel like I could do it again and again and again and not make the same mistakes that I made the first time. But I, I believe that I took advantage of that kind of time period in my life where there wasn't as much of a risk associated with my career and failure. And I was, I was young enough to take the risk um, and, and maybe uh, ignorant enough to not see what was, what was in front of me. So you, you developed a software platform. Did you have any software experience up until then? No. I don't no? Know. Yeah. So where did, where did you mind me ask, where did you even start? Like, how did you, how did you get going on that? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I was, I had the, the, the real estate domain expertise enough so that I knew there was the problem. And then I ended up uh, meeting other people who have technical abilities and brought them into the team and just, you know, spending a lot of time talking to prospects, doing customer discovery and, you know, learning, learning the hard way. So just asking a lot of questions and then coming up with, a prioritization of what is what is the most important thing that we need to build here what is the biggest problem that we need to solve and being able to have the te- someone who has the technical talent and the capacity to build it and has sweat equity as well because we couldn't pay anything for them so that was how the initial version of groundbreaker got built we got some press out there and the press helped us get a lot of eyeballs to our website and the phones were ringing. 
And based on that and our timing, we were able to start doing the product development and customer discovery rapidly without the need to spend a lot of money or a lot of time searching for people to talk to. But that had its pluses and minuses. On one end, we had a bunch of people to talk to that were in the real estate space. On the other end, we weren't going out and talking to people with a concept of who those people were. So the segmentation of what we were building and for whom was all over the place. So, so things got into focus as, as your definition became focused? Yeah, exactly. Just a lot of a lot of different conversations started to, you know, started to um, come together with the data that we were able to track on every conversation until we had a better picture of what we were building and for whom. But it still it still continues um, to be an exercise in development as we continue growing the company. It's a, it's it's not something that uh, like you have your you have your your people who you're helping and you know what the solutions are but the solution grows over time and it continues to mm-hmm. evolve as the company grows that conversation with that first technical person that you brought on for the team that had to have been fairly interesting how do you convince somebody of your vision so they come along for the ride especially when you're unable to pay them that that might be a secret i'll have to hold back for now i don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, you know what? Yeah, it's it's um, when you have something compelling enough that changes the way that people operate at the time, we were changing the way that real estate investing was getting done. And nobody was doing this. No one was doing online real estate financing. The Jobs Act had just passed new legislation that created all this buzz and all this stir. And uh, the Internet was uh, we're going into Web 2.0. There's really nothing else out there. So. Um, you could see Kickstarter and the success of that platform. I don't know how many mm-hmm. people are familiar, but the idea of raising money for projects online was was getting validated. This was just a new, a whole, a whole new um, opportunity. And I think the right technical person who can see that vision can get excited about bringing life, you know, uh, of something completely new that's going to change the world. Right. Well, I have to think that there's some skill involved on your end to clarify and help people see your your vision i mean there that that isn't as easy i think you're being a little humble there thanks thank you <laughs> that's all i can say so well i again i just want to remind everybody head over to ground and uh jake i kind of i warned you it was coming ready for some rapid fire as we close things out here yeah let's do it so what is one of those real estate investing myths you'd like to bust here today all right. Well, everyone thinks that they can raise more capital uh, than they actually can. So many times I hear of uh, newbie sponsors say, I blasted this you know, out to my whole network, my friends and family, and this huge list of people, and only two people responded. So that's the, the, the myth that people have in their head is that they can raise capital. They, they're overly confident. And um, the sooner you, you, you figure out that that's, uh, yeah, that myth is busted, um, the better you're off because you can start preparing to build a real investor list and get buy signals early so that you don't end up putting all the work into getting a deal under contract and then you fall short. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of leads to something that I've been trying to bust for a while, the whole concept of find the deal and the money will follow. I think it just is, is this this myth that just keeps growing. And, and I, I 
I keep pushing the concept that you have to be building your network as hard as you're trying to find that next opportunity. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. Just got to build your network, always be raising money. So what book would you recommend or what are you reading right now? Yeah, so there's this one book about uh, marketplace development and specifically for people in tech or you know, people that want to build um, product virality into what it is they're doing is The Cold Start Problem by Andrew Chen. Sure. that's. Good. I'll have to check that one out. I haven't read that one yet. Um, what is the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Yeah, the best business advice, hire, uh, hire slow, fire fast. Yeah, I have one situation where I wish I would have done that. <laughs> Haven't we all? Um, yeah, it's it, it really just comes true, right? Once you, once you actually get into doing it, um, the, 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 there's, yeah, there's all that theory, but um, you can't really appreciate it until you're there, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the biggest business mistake you've made so far, and what did you learn from it? Uh, I think um, under how long it takes to build software is you know, one of the biggest mistakes. Yeah, the, the way that I learned from it is it's, it's all about priority. And this, this lesson could be applied across commercial real estate. Uh, as well, when you're figuring out what the work is that you have to do, um, it's so, so very important to just properly estimate the time that it's going to take you and the bandwidth and work that it's going to take you and to leave enough time for you to execute on certain things. You don't want to run against the clock and just run out of time because you, you miscalculated something. And in software, it, it's, it's really hard to do that. That's so a very typical problem that people have. Well, if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Just don't be too hard on yourself. Take it easy, kid. <laughs> she only lived once. Just relax. Well, Jake, this was a great conversation. Uh, one more time, head over to Ground. And, uh, but, uh, Jake, if there is there a question or concept you wish we would have covered here tonight? I'd love to know out of the people that, yeah, you, you have in your audience, which of them are actively uh, looking to have help in their syndications. I don't know. Uh, it'd be cool to do maybe um, a follow-up on this and yeah. some questions from the audience. Well, you know, one of those things that I've, I've been toying with lately, in fact, uh, uh, I tried to do one uh, not too long ago, but it'd be fun to start doing some more roundtables, whether it's through Twitter. Uh, and my, my Twitter account has been growing a little bit more steady lately or what have you, but just getting you and focus on this subject and just let um, people just bombard you and anybody on your team regarding their questions regarding syndication and, and a few other things. And, and I'm not saying just Jake, but you know, I know quite a few lawyers and everybody involved too. So we probably could put together kind of a, a quick panel for that type of thing. And let's do it. It'd be, I think it would be kind of fun. Yeah, we had um, we had John Kasman and I, we did a webinar on capital raising, and we talked about the lessons that he's learned in raising capital. He's a, he's a deal sponsor out of uh, Cincinnati, and um, he actually coaches some people, and he's phenomenal at, at uh, distilling down a message and um, marketing to investors. And there's other people we have in CostSeg, and I'd love to, I'd love to partner with you on that. Let's let's yeah. something together. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, well, I really appreciate your time again, Jake. I hope you'll come back sometime. And again, it's ground. Thank you, Jack. 
It's a pleasure. Have you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.